I keep looking down at my Bible and I've got it open to this family tree of Herod. <laughs> and it says... <laughs> of course you do. Well, that's just the gospel for today. And mm-hmm. it says the Herods. Oh. And that's... I just kept thinking about like a house that says like the Herods. And all the Herods live there. And what would the crest of that house look like? Just a severed head. <laughs> Is my guess. <laughs> and there you go. Or something like that. Mm-hmm. Something not that Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Faith to Go podcast, your one-stop shop for everything you need to have faith discussions throughout your week with your friends and with your family. My name is David Tremaine, and I'm the Minister of Formation at Good Samaritan Episcopal Church in San Diego. And I am Charlotte Pressler, and I am the Youth Missioner for the Episcopal Diocese of San Diego. And... Depending on when you listen to this this week of March of February twenty third, mm-hmm. it might be Lent. It might be Lent, or, or you might be dangerously close to Lent. Right? Who knows? Um, but as you know from our uh, podcast last week, we are changing up uh, the rhythm of the Faith to Go resources and podcasts. So they are going to come out the week before the gospel reading that we're going to talk about instead of the week after. So. We are recording for the week of February 23rd, but we're going to be talking about the gospel for March 1st, which is the first week of Lent. So this week coming up will be Ash Wednesday on the 26th, and then Lent 1 on March 1st. Right. Pretty exciting. And I'm actually really excited about swapping around how we do this, because I think that it provides families and individuals an opportunity to prepare for Sunday. Mm -hmm. So not only will it allow people who have ministry contexts in which it would serve them to have the resources for Sunday school and youth group and things like that, but also as a family, you get to spend a week talking about what you're going to hear in church. And I think that that might provide the opportunity to be even more connected to what you're hearing that day. Yeah, I think it's going to be great. Mm -hmm. So, uh, also keep a lookout um, for the uh, this year of discipleship that we're doing in the Episcopal Diocese of San Diego in 2020. Uh, when we turn to Lent uh, as a liturgical season, we are going to focus on the season of turn and the area of the way of love, which is turn in Lent. So, You'll also have in your feed this week a special edition like we did for Epiphany with uh, Bishop Susan Brown Snook, who is the Bishop of the Diocese of San Diego. She is going to be with us, uh, and that will come out on Ash Wednesday. So that'll have, if you're listening to this after Wednesday, it's already in your feed. If not, keep a lookout for it. She'll be talking about Lent, about the turn resources, all about all the ways you can engage with uh, those resources in the season of Lent that's coming up. And we'll highlight a few, right? Like each of us will have the opportunity to talk about our own Lent practices and some of the ones that will be provided on the website that we're each looking forward to. So truly, we'll give you a sampling of our favorites, Mm -hmm. knowing that that maybe something different speaks to you than speaks to me. And that is cool. That is cool. Mm -hmm. You know? Just like us. It's cool to be unique. (laughs) So, David, yeah. since it is you and I today, mm-hmm. and we are going to explore the gospel in a few minutes, we yeah. don't really need to share our ministry context because most people have heard us both speak about our many ministry contexts. Yeah, you're listening to one of them. Right. But I would very much like to ask you, is there some place that you've seen God this week? Great question. I This past week we had uh, in the Diocese of San Diego uh, our annual gathering an annual gathering of the diocese called leadership academy 
which is a time for people to come together on a Saturday. And there's these multiple different tracks like discipleship, evangelism, stewardship, you know, like leadership. And you can take these hour long or so workshops in each of these different tracks. And it's for everybody in the whole diocese, um, lay people, ordained people, everyone. And it was awesome. And one of the tracks was, uh, was for Sacred Ground, mm-hmm. which is the race and faith dialogue series that is from the Episcopal Church. It's free. You can go to the Episcopal Church right now and get it and sign up for it. It's an incredible offering. And at the church that I am on staff at, uh, Good Samaritan Episcopal Church, like I say every week, we have 50 people doing it. And there's so there's five dialogue groups of about That's 10 awesome. people. That's awesome. Yeah, it's amazing. And so it was really cool because the person that came, uh, the very reverend Kim Coleman, who is the president of the Union of Black Episcopalians, and as well as a contributor to the curriculum and is doing some continued work with the, with the creator of the curriculum, um, you know, kind of in like looking at next steps and getting a sense of how it's going for people. Uh, Kim Coleman came out and presented at Leadership Academy uh, and did one of, and did that sacred ground track and then stayed uh, for Sunday morning mm. and when it was at Good Sam and preached and led a forum with another person from uh, the Diocese of El Camino Real, Jerry Drino, who's been involved with uh, racial reconciliation for a long time in Episcopal churches. And it was just amazing. It's like the whole series the whole series has been a consolation, just like seeing God move in those conversations. I'm part of a dialogue group uh, in the diocese. And, you know, it's like as a as a white person, as a person of privilege, it's like super uncomfortable. And every time like I know that the Holy Spirit is there, yeah. you know, moving in it. So it was awesome. It was awesome to be at Good Sam that morning to be at Leadership Academy to hear her talk at sa- about sacred ground. So mm-hmm. it's awesome. Mm-hmm. It was really cool. Very cool. I think it's, it's a really powerful offering. So I saw that this week too. Really? I did. Yeah. I did. Um, so the school that is part of Christ Church in Coronado is on vacation. They get a February break. And every year during that time, we host an icon writing workshop. And so we have icon writers um, at the church right now. And if you have never participated in an icon writing workshop, what a gift it is. I have only been able one time to set the time aside to go and to really enjoy and experience this prayerful process of writing an icon. But just having them on campus, you feel the spirit move. You do. It makes the place, it just blesses everything that happens there. And to watch it start from this whiteboard Mm -hmm. and the layers get put on um, and the image come to be and just to watch the patience and the quiet. And when mistakes are made, the the gift of trying to fix them together and have someone lead you and guide you through that and every morning's prayer practice and lunch in community and all of those things that happen, it has been the most blessed and holy week to have those icon writers with us. Definitely God has been in that place. Yeah. Icons are amazing. Mm-hmm. I love them. So cool. So such different things. Right. But God is there. And God is in lots of That's places. Awesome. So, um, speaking about the spirit moving, uh, we are going to get into the gospel for this week, uh, but we want to hear from you about your preparations for Lent. 
and all of your stories of faith discussion and reflection, your questions, your comments. You can email us at faithtogo at edsd.org. You can contact us through the website where you can also find all those faith to go resources, uh, www.myfaithtogo.org. And you can also contact us through Instagram at faithtogo. Uh, and you can also check out that uh, discipleship edsd.org website for those discipleship 2020 resources that we're doing for the way of love in this year. Um, so, um, Charlotte is going to read the gospel, and then we're each going to take it some time to highlight a point that we hope you take into your conversations or reflections. Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He fasted 40 days and 40 nights, and afterwards he was famished. The tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, One does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and placed him on the pinnacle of a temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, Again, it is written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again the devil took him to a very high mountain, and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he said to him, All these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil left him, and suddenly angels came and waited on him. All right. Intense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, This is a gospel that pretty much everybody has heard, I'm guessing, for the most part. Many people. It's a pretty common one, and it sets us up for the season of Lent. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, this is, uh, as it said, the Spirit led Jesus up into the wilderness, and that's because the Spirit has just descended on Jesus in the baptism. So this is happening right after the baptism of Jesus in Matthew's Gospel, and he's in the desert for or the wilderness for forty days and forty nights, and thus Lent is forty days long. Yes, and not easy. And not easy, and also doesn't count Sundays, so mm-hmm. it's actually longer than that. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Point number one is mine. And I think it's interesting that, you know, the devil, the, the devil, or it's interesting, like there's a bunch of, this is a good other context thing, but like the, there's like three names used for this thing, you know, this being. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's the, the devil and then the tempter and then Satan, all different words in Greek. Um, so it's all, but they're all kind of descriptive. Uh, and so... It's interesting that whatever this thing is you want to call it, we'll call it the devil. The devil shows up on day number 40, it seems, right? Um, that the devil's not there hanging out like day one, welcoming Jesus into the wilderness and being <laughs> like, hey, come on in. We're going to do this weird stuff for 40 days. Let's hang out. Uh, it seems like it's fasting in for 40 days and 40 nights, and afterwards he was famished. That's when the tempter comes to him. 
Right. You know, that's when the devil comes to him. That's when Satan comes to him and they have this whole dialogue. When Jesus is at his most tired, most hungry, like most yearning for fulfillment and nourishment and those kind of things. So it's almost like it's all, he's kind of like it, like the like physical stage of like rock bottom. Like he right. is down there. You mm-hmm. know? And I think it's very it's just interesting to like think about this not so much as like the devil is this thing prowling around trying to mess everything up for everybody, but that we can take this as like, what if this is happening? What if this is like the inner monologue that's happening for Jesus, Mm -hmm. you know, because I, I can totally relate to that more than a little person with horns walking around trying to get me to do stuff I'm not supposed to do. Because this to me is all about like the devil questioning whether Jesus is enough whether his identity is what he said, what he thinks it is, what he's just been told it is even, right. You know, whether he can do the thing that he's been sent out to do, you know, like questioning whether he is capable and enough and has enough and has what he's supposed to have. And, and I get those questions better. I can, I can relate to that. Right. You know, and because I know that when I like right now it's four o'clock in the afternoon and I'm hungry and I'm tired. And like this is the time when my mental state just starts to break down. And like I get those I I I I can like resonate with the idea of like demonic things being more like those voices in my head that are telling me what I'm not. You know, the voices that make me question who I think I am, who I know I am, like who what my God given identity is, what my God given capabilities are, what my talents and gifts are. And makes me say and makes me say to myself, you're not enough. Right. You're not good enough. You don't have what it takes to do this thing that you think you've been called to. So at, this is the transition point when Jesus is going from whatever it was that happened before he turned 30. You know, whether that's like training as a rabbi, learning the law, all those things. He gets anointed by the spirit, told what his identity is. And before he can do the thing he's called to do, this happens. Right. And that makes so much sense to me mm-hmm. that this happens in the transition point when he's going from learning to doing is all the questioning of the self, of the capabilities of the self. And I think that that can speak to any of us, right? Right. right? That it's always when we are at our lowest point, our tiredest point, our weakest point that the big questions start to pop up, Mm -hmm. that the self-doubt comes into Mm -hmm. play, and that we have that opportunity in that moment to choose the easy way out, right? Jesus had the opportunity here to choose the easy way out Mm -hmm. three times Mm -hmm. that we read right in this section. And that's true for any of us. And I don't want to trivialize what we're reading here by comparing it to making bad food choices or um, not completing projects or anything like that. But the piece of it that... I want to name is that scripture does more than inform the big ideas and lofty goals and call that we feel to following God. Mm -hmm. Scripture also informs our everyday life. And so in the sense that it resonates with you when you hear this and you think about those times that you're tired and those things that you're you're challenged by and the opportunities to take the easy way out um, and make the choice that doesn't really serve your authentic self. Well, Jesus felt those too. Mm Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and I think that that makes an obvious segue into my point, which takes us back to the spirit, right? 
Um, so as David mentioned in the context section, right before this is Jesus's baptism and the spirit descends and God, you hear a voice from the clouds that is God saying, this is my son with whom I am well pleased. And so we've seen the spirit come down. And I think if you've listened to past podcasts, you've probably heard David and I talk about the fact that we don't hear necessarily all the time about the spirit moving, even though the spirit's moving, but we have these specific examples where it happens. So in the baptism, we have the spirit coming down on Jesus. And now right afterwards, when Jesus heads to the wilderness, he doesn't strike out on his own. He is led by the spirit Mm -hmm. into the wilderness. And as I read this and I thought about it and I really sat with it, I'm like, is this the spirit leading him to be tempted? Like is it, was that the spirit's role in this? Or was it that the Spirit is always traveling with us mm-hmm. and that Jesus wasn't going out into the wilderness truly alone because the Spirit traveled with him through the trials, through the tribulations, through the self-doubt, through the hunger, through all of the temptations that he was going to face, that the Spirit traveled with him. And it's a really poignant reminder to me because we've all had those moments of despair, of self-doubt, of extreme loneliness where we have felt like we are the only person that is living through that hard thing and that there's no one that can travel with us. There's no one that is there with us. Mm -hmm. But even when we don't realize it, we don't travel alone. We don't travel alone. We always have a companion on the journey. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so it's it's cool to think that, like, because it seems like the Spirit leads Jesus to the wilderness and then stops and Jesus kind of keeps walking Mm -hmm. and then there's the devil over there. But I like how you're describing it, where it's almost like the spirit takes Jesus by the hand and leads Jesus and never really lets go. Right. You know, for 40 days, the spirit is there leading Jesus through the wilderness, not just to the wilderness. Right. And so I think that goes well into my point, because the the last thing I want to talk about is something that I've thought about and written about a lot. I wrote a book about it, actually. Quick plug. What's the name of the book? (laughs) Quick, a few quick plugs. The name of the book, <laughs> it's a book about addiction. And that's what, I mean, when we're talking about temptation, like addiction is so close, I think, in our minds, at least for me. Um, and the be- the book is called The Beautiful Letdown in Addict's Theology of Addiction, available on Amazon. I, there's also a website called thebeautifulletdown.com uh, where I have some other things I've written up there. Um, and I'm going to be at Warwick's. On March 15th from 2 to 4 to do an author signing. Warwick, San Diego. San Diego. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I can't think of anything else to plug. That's pretty good. Okay. That was three things. Um, Anyway, the the, the whole idea of the book to me and the thing that I like really wanted to write about, the the contribution I wanted to make to like the way we think about addiction, our theology of addiction, was that to be addicted is not to have deviated from some plan that God has for us, that to be addicted and engage in addictive behavior is not, uh, addiction is not a thing that we need to like cut out from us, like some sort of sickness. That's the whole book is kind of like pushing back against the idea of addiction as a disease. To me, addiction is a, an engagement in an activity that begins with a authentic yearning for the divine, for the transcendent, because we're all connected to God. And so it's born out of that connection from God, not a disconnection from God, that that addiction is like 
born out of this yearning for the divine and then the way that we engage in behaviors from that yearning are we engage with things that actually end up hurting us instead of the things we really actually want right so that if i am in am i if i am like in touch with the true like transcendent peace of the divine and my way of finding that peace is by drinking then maybe i'll feel that for a mm -hmm. second for an hour but for many people who are alcoholics will probably tell you that like that doesn't last and mm -hmm. we know it doesn't last. So it's not to say that alcohol is bad or any of the things that we're maybe addicted to are bad in and of themselves. They're just not the thing we actually want, you know. And what struck me in this is that this is kind of what's happening here for Jesus, I think. This is a way that the tempter, however we want to think about that, in the Hebrew scriptures, the word Satan means is a Hebrew word that means accuser, and it's like a member of God's like heavenly council. Mm -hmm. So it's like this thing, this like reality that is present in the world in our in ourselves that allows us to grasp that thing that's not going to help, you know. And so it's interesting to watch it play out in this kind of narrative context, right? Because it's like if you go through each one of these three things, it's like. Jesus is hungry, right? And the tempter says, turn these stones into bread and you'll have food. But Jesus' deep hunger is for something more. It's that kind of hunger for righteousness like he talks about in the Sermon on the Mount, a chapter later, that is the real hunger that he wants to fulfill, not that bread. Mm -hmm. But as you, as you can imagine, the tempter is saying, this is actually what you want is bread. But G the amazing thing about Jesus, the grace of God working in Jesus, is that Jesus is so aware and present, knowing that that actually is not what he wants most deeply. Because what fulfills him is the word of God that leads to righteousness, you know. So then it's, you know, uh, throw yourself off of this temple and prove to us who you are, you know. We'll know your identity when you are saved by these angels, Right. But Jesus knows that his identity is not, is not going to be born out of being saved, but out of saving. Mm -hmm. Right. So like there is that yearning for salvation and the devil saying, oh, I know how you can quench that. It's by sa saving, having yourself saved. And Jesus is like, no, not actually. Just wait. Tune in for the rest of the gospel, because what I'm going to do is actually going to be the thing that create that shows who I am as the son of God, mm -hmm. not jumping off of this thing and saving other people. And then the last one is pretty obvious one is like, you can have all this, like, look at all this stuff. You can have everything. And so the idea that, so like Jesus, this like yearning to have the world, to be the king, you know, to have all the kingdoms is the yearning. And the way that Jesus responds to that yearning is the transcendent truth of inviting people into a new kind of kingdom. Right. right, not grasping at this thing that the the tempter is holding his hand out and saying, "This is what really what you want, Jesus." So it's this almost it's like a ama an amazing model to think about how we can respond in if we identify as addicts or not um, in those moments when we're like feeling this like yearning and the thing that we want to do we know is actually going to cause us suffering to respond to that yearning. Jesus's example is to be like, actually, there's something deeper that you're being called to so that our addictions are actually our indicators of our greatest strength of the thing that God is calling us to in mission in the world. And when we 
do the things that are kind of like the finite ways of engaging with them that they are painful but they are always more and more and more invitations like like is happening here mm-hmm. to know really who we are and what we're called to do mm-hmm. so that is three points uh, point number one was mine and it was about uh, G- the tempter coming to Jesus not on day number one but on day number 40 and how um, the challenges of that kind of like being at our lowest point and when that's when knowing kind of being aware of when those voices are creeping in that are telling us that we're not enough that we're not good enough that we can't do the mission that we really feel called to do Number two was Charlotte. It was about the spirit and the spirit's role in this whole thing, not just leading Jesus to the wilderness, but leading Jesus through the wilderness and that we have that model for ourselves as well, that when we are in the wilderness, we've not just been led there and let go of, but that God is with us, the spirit is with us no matter where we are. And then the last one was mine, and it was kind of jumping off from um, the this idea of addiction as being you know, a yearning for the transcendent and then engaging in, in, uh, engaging in behaviors that are not, are kind of finite and that Jesus and Satan are kind of modeling that here, that Mm -hmm. Satan is inviting Jesus to these kind of finite behaviors when Jesus really deeply not only knows, but is aware in the moment that those aren't the things that he's really most deeply yearning for. So, um... That is our podcast for today. It is. If you want to go back to the beginning and listen to the uh, gospel again, see if you hear anything different that time through, we invite you to do that. We would also love to hear from you. Faith to go at edsd.org. You can email us any of your stories from your week of faith discussion, maybe what you're doing for Lent, your practices you're engaging in, uh, your questions or comments. You can also um, contact us through the website where you can find all the faith to go resources, www.myfaithtogo.org. Also, don't forget to listen to the Lent resources with Bishop Susan on the podcast, which will be coming out on Ash Wednesday. So same bat time, same bat channel. Tune in. And until next time, goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. everybody.